Father, I pray tonight, Lord, that as I bring across, Lord, what I, what I felt that you've laid on our hearts, Lord. Father, I just pray that people's hearts would be open and receptive this evening, Lord, to what I'm going to be sharing. And Father, I just pray that your spirit would move, for Lord, that you tonight would come and bring freedom. Lord, that you would come and that you would bring release in areas in our lives, Lord, so that we can walk into everything that you have for us. And Father, we just worship you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, I'm, I want to start something. I'm going to start a bit of a series that I'm going to be preaching through. And uh, it's not necessarily a Bible chapter. It's not a verse. It's not, it's not a book. But it is things that we as people have in our lives. So I want you guys to listen very carefully to what I'm going to be speaking about tonight. And, and I want you to, to go with me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And it starts, And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. And in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And if we think of ourselves as people, we are made up out of different parts. If you think about yourself, we're made up of different things. Because the Bible says in Mark chapter 12, it says, Love the Lord your God with what? Your heart. Then your soul, then your mind, and then your strength. So it basically says that we're made up of four parts. Number one is the Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. It says that the, that the day we get saved, then what happens is the Spirit of God comes and He lives inside of us, right? Because Jesus said that He went up into heaven so that the Comforter can come and be with us. So the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, right? So we're made up of Spirit. That is where the Holy Spirit enters then the second one is our soul, which is our heart. Our heart is the area where our imagination sits. The soul is where our emotions, our feelings, our will, and our memories are. Our mind is where our thoughts, our intellect, and our reasoning sits. And then we have our body and our flesh, which is this, that we see on the outside. So God has made us into four different parts. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 and 24, it says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you as faithful, and he will do it. So our bodies is basically a tent. Am I right? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, he shall destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which you are. So if we look in the Old Testament, the Israelites had the, the tent of meeting that they used to carry around with them through the desert. And then they eventually, in Jerusalem, they built the temple. And people used to come and worship there. But when Jesus came, it all changed. 
In AD 70, the, the history tells us that Jesus actually prophesied that the temple will be completely destroyed. And so that's exactly what happened. The temple got destroyed. Every single stone was, was pulled out of place. Why? Because of the fire that the Romans actually put the temple on fire. And it was so hot that all the gold actually melted and ran in between the stones. So for the, the Romans to get the actual gold, they picked up every single stone, just like Jesus said. And then in Acts, when Jesus goes up, he says that we have become the church. We have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit now dwells in each one of us. You guys agree with me? You with me? Right. So... In our bodies, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. But in, those, in this body that we have, we have the soul, which is the heart, which is the wellspring of life. In Proverbs 4 verse 23, it says, Above all things, guard your heart, because it's the wellspring of life. Whom of you, if here, has ever had a broken heart? Come on. Boyfriend, girlfriend broke your heart, been sad. You studied really hard for this exam and it didn't happen so well and you failed it. You don't study. Who doesn't study? You do study. If you don't, I'll kick your butt. So the soul is the seat of our emotions. So when someone actually hurts you and hurts you and, and, and damages your heart, your soul reacts because that's where your emotions sit. Because your emotions is either love or anger or sadness or brokenness. So we're made up of all this stuff. The mind is where our biggest battle is. It's up here. Because this is where all your thoughts are processed. It's our reasoning processes. And so many times in the past couple of weeks, I've always said that all the knowledge that we have here in the Word of God needs to go from here to here. Because when it goes from here to here, it becomes life. Because it actually becomes alive in us. Because you see, what you imagine, you think about. What you think about you'll feel what you feel you'll become. So if you imagine that you're useless, you'll become useless because that's what you think. But if you look at yourself and you're like, I'm a child of the living God. A couple of months ago, I preached about when we look at ourselves and we see ourselves in the image of how God created us, we actually start realizing who God has actually made us. It doesn't give us space to be prideful in our hearts. Because the, the Bible says that the devil was thrown out of heaven because he allowed pride to come in. But God wants to come and he wants to work with us. He wants to go and he wants us to understand that we are children of God and that we can move into what he has for us. So out of that space, I want to talk about various things. And, and Andrea is going to hear some of this. She was in the office, and Marion was in the office a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking about it, and I want to talk about your gates. Who's got gates? I know that Peter and them have got a gate on the farm. You can't get into their farm if you don't open the gate. Henny, 
has works on various farms. If he doesn't open the gate, what happens? He can't get onto the farm. So I want to tell you a story quickly before I get into the other gates. A couple of years ago, well, many, many years ago, one of the guys I worked for used to work for, for Telcom. And so what they would do is they would install telephone lines. And so one Friday afternoon, it was quite late, so the guys were putting up a telephone line, and it was a little bit of a rush. So they made a MacGyver. Who's ever, done, who's ever made a MacGyver? Anybody? Right? Enver, you look like you can make MacGyvers, bro. And uh, so anyway, these guys decide to make a MacGyver, and then this farmer the one day, about a couple of weeks later, he phones Telcom, and he says to them, guys, there's a problem. My phone line works wonderfully fine up until six o'clock in the morning. Between six and seven, my phone line doesn't work. At exactly seven o'clock, it comes back on, it works the whole day. At five o'clock in the afternoon, my phone line cuts, six o'clock my phone line comes on. And he can't understand what the problem is. And so it carries on for weeks and the guys are checking and they're looking and they cannot find the fault. So eventually the guys actually go all the way down the, the line to try and find the problem. And what they did was that they actually found was that the telecom line was running and the guys were too lazy to finish the job on that Friday afternoon. So what they did was they ran the cable down and attached it to the fence. And then they took the cable on the other side and attached it to the other side of the fence. And in the middle, there's a gate. So every time the farmer would open the gate to take all the sheep through, he'd lose his telephone line. And when he closed it, the phone line would work again. And they eventually had to fix it. So it's the same with us. We have gates in our lives. We have gates that we have. And so there's a couple of things that we need to be careful of. Because you see, the enemy always wants something to live in. He wants to live in people. He wants to be able to have an impact on your life. So there's different gates. So eyes, our ears, our nose, our mouth, our hands, and our feet. And there's another one I'll speak about too. So those are things that we actually use. And Psalm 24 verse 3 to 7 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand on his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in the idol or swear by the false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face. God of Jacob, lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. So we've got gates. And tonight we were worshiping Jesus, right? What is one of the key things that we did? David, did you lift your hands? <laughs> he said to me he was going to. So we were worshiping and a lot of us put our hands up. Because what you did is, is you put your hands out in surrender to Jesus, right? So the gates that we have, there's three that are actually inward gates, that we allow things into our lives. The eye gate, what is seen. Who's ever watched something that's affected you? Okay, I'll tell you guys a story. Many, many years ago, I was watching, I, I, I love Roman movies. 
Who likes Roman movies here? Like all old school, like, you know, check the centurions and the swords and all that kind of stuff. And, and now, for the young guys won't know what this is when you go to the DVD shop and you actually rent a DVD. All right? Some of us have done this. The young guys, have you done it? Well, well done. That is the most incredible experience, eh? You could stand in the video shop for like three hours to decide what you want to buy. And then you take out the movie and then you only watch, you take out three or four movies and only watch one because it's like 12 o'clock at night by the time you get home. But anyway, this, this specific movie, it was called Centurion. So I rented it and you know that in the beginning of those, they always ran those trailers of upcoming attractions. And so I was sitting and I was watching the upcoming attractions. And there was a, a movie trailer that came and it was called The Human Centipede. Okay? That thing freaked me out for like eight months. Whenever I closed my eyes, I would literally see a clip of this video. And it was traumatizing to me. Because what happened was, what I opened my eyes up to came in. And it had an effect on me. So what we look at has an effect on us. What you open yourself up to, your eyes, has an effect on you. Have you ever looked into the sun and closed your eyes quickly? And it, what happens? That dark ball stays in your eye because it comes in. It has an effect on us. Then there's the ear gate, which is what is heard. What do you listen to? What do you allow in your ears? The nose gate is breathing. And I know it sounds quite interesting, but I will explain. I had three pictures, and the, the two gentlemen in the front here lost my pictures. So I'll have to move on. So let me skip my pictures out the way, and they will carry on. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about the pictures. So I've spoken about the inward gates, what we allow inside. Now there's outward ones. Outward ones are the following. The mouth gate, what we say, how we speak. Proverbs 15 verse 2 and verse 28 says, The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. And then we have the hands. What does the Bible say? In some of the scriptures it says, don't be quick on laying on of hands. Because sometimes when people actually pray for you, they impart things to you by laying on of hands. The feet. Where do you walk? Where have you walked? Then there's other ones, which is covenantal gifts, covenantal gates. And this is now for the kids, which they need to close their ears if they're very young. And this is called the sexual gate. When you sleep with one person, there's a covenant that gets created. And it says it in Genesis chapter 1. When a husband and wife goes together, they become one flesh. So that means there is a covenant that gets created. And so let me push back. And then there's another one which we use as the umbilical cord, which is connected between you and your mom. 
I know this sounds like really scary. Whoa, what stuff is I talking about tonight? But these things are things that, that we never talk about. People don't learn these things. So what we do is, is we allow anything in. We allow anything in. We allow anything out. And the church, and we, we, we struggle with things in our lives, and we can't understand why. It's because we don't guard ourselves. Years ago, many, many years ago in the Old Testament, there was always cities. What did they do with most cities in the olden days? They used to build what around it? A wall. Why? Because you try to keep things out. What was the weakest part of every single wall, every city? Was the gate. Because it was the easiest place to get in. Because by the time, if you could breach that gate, you had access to that whole city. And we as Christians are so quick. We've got these walls that we built, and we put them all around us, but we don't close our gates. And we allow the enemy, and we give him access into our lives. And so with our eye gates, it is the portal to purity. What do you watch when no one's seeing you? And today, one of the biggest struggles for most people is on the internet. Because it's an open sewer where stuff is just flowing around. What are you watching? What do you open yourself up to? Most movies today, we watch movies and then we're like, oh, it's okay. It's, it's, it's only, the restrictions only like 13, 14. And you're like, what the heck? Because the world, there is no limits. There is no morals. They are, it's an open sewer where everything just flows. In Job 31 verse 1, he said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. That's Job. The Bible says that when you look at someone with even a lustful thought, you've already committed adultery in your heart. It's hectic. But the thing is, is we don't guard what we look at. Matthew 6, verse 21 and 23, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So your eyes are the lights to your soul. Have you, ever, have you ever walked out and you looked at someone, you looked at their eyes, and you're like, sure, that guy's eyes are dead. There's no life in it. Hey, we've seen it. Or we've seen someone, where you look at them, and it, it, they, they're like, it, it's like they're energizer bunny, like, like, like Joel tonight. She was like, you can see she's from Secunda, right? She was like an energizer bunny. Don't worry, I'm from Secunda as well, so it's okay. So... So Jill was like excited. You can see the excitement in our eyes by like, guys, we're going to pray now. We're going to worship Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is in her and it's, there's life in her eyes. Because what we put in is what's going to come out. Am I right? You guys with me? The nose gate. In Genesis 2 verse 7, it says, then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. 
when guys do drugs, whether they do it, cocaine, where does it go into? Through the nose. Have you ever walked around and you smelled something weird? Like, sure, mm, that's an interesting smell. But the, the Bible says that God breathed into man's nostrils and he became a living being. That's something we need to protect. What are, you, what are you allowing in your nose? What are you smelling? Are you opening yourself up for addictions? Then there's the ear gate. What do we listen to? Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. In the NIV it says, Exactly what it said there, but it, there's a different version which says hearing comes by the word and word. Yeah, I'll not carry on. That's confusing. I'm confusing myself. So let's forget that one. Right, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. So listening, who of you have ever walked into a shop in the mall and then you walk out and eventually like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've all done it because you, what happens? You've picked up what was playing in the shop. Do you know that when you go to restaurants, they play certain music so that you can eat quicker, so that you can get out so that they can make more money? Interesting, eh? It, it, it's really interesting because and in certain shops, you walk in and they play this upbeat music, like, like in legit, legit or legit or legit, okay? You get in there and it's like... So, so you can like run through the shop and Mr. Price is the worst. It's like if I go to Mr. Price, I'm exhausted by the end, by the time I walk out. Because it's like this trying to get you out of the shop as quickly as possible. And you know what? Our ears are interesting. You know that God created us eyelids so we can close our eyes. But you know that we need to be able to walk away with our ears. Because you can't close your ears. It's a choice you have to make. Because you know what? Someone can come to you and say, have you heard? Did you hear what happened? And what happens? As soon as someone says that, you've opened your ears up to be a garbage bin. And that's what the enemy wants. Because when he can discredit us by what we say and we allow it into our ears, it has an effect on us. Because what you allow in here, you allow in here, will eventually come out here. And I know tonight, this is not just a normal Sunday service preach that I'm giving. But I believe tonight that there are certain things that God wants us to start dealing with in our lives. Next week, I want to start speaking about dealing with the spirit of brokenness. How do we deal with brokenness? How do we deal with unforgiveness? How do we start dealing with fear in our lives? Because it's time that we as a church become healthy in understanding what the Bible teaches us. Why? Why do we do what we do? I've run so far ahead of my notes, I have no idea where I am. <laughs> mouth gate. Psalm 41 verse 3. It says, set a guard over your mouth. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Luke 6 45 says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. 
And an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in your heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Interesting, huh? How many times do we speak of things, what's in our hearts? What's in our hearts? Because we're quick to say, we're quick to speak, we're quick to throw things at people. Do you know that at the end of time, we will give an account for every single word that we've ever spoken? Do you know that? I actually read it today. There's a scripture that says we will be judged for every idle word that we've said. On the one end, we will either be vindicated or we'll be condemned by what we say. How careful do we need to be what we say? So many times you look at someone and we're like, yes, Colin, you flippin' doof, bro. If I say that to Colin long enough, he might just start believing me. And you know what I've done is I've spoken death over him. Over our own children. How many times have we spoken death over our own kids? We said things to them. And we, oh, oh no, I'm just joking. You know what? That I'm just joking has already put a nail in that guy's heart. Because it's what we bring and what we say and what we throw out there. Once it's out there, you can't get it back. Who's ever had that? Who's, who's ever had foot-in-mouth disease? I have it often. Right? Because once you say something, then you're like, I'll pull it back. And it's too late. It's out. It's gone. It's there. Especially when husbands and wives fight. For the single guys that's not married yet. You guys are not married yet. Wait. You'll know. Ask Philip and Anna-law. They too, they, they've been married so long, they're they too lazy to fight. Because <laughs> it takes too much effort. <laughs> hey, we got a lot. I can actually see my notes now. <laughs> so what we say is sometimes even to, to the people we love, we say the most hurtful things. And those things stick. Hey? You know that wives are like elephants. They never forget. Yeah? Because do you remember when you did that? Then. Sometimes. And the thing is, is because what we do is, is we use it as a defense mechanism to try and save ourselves. Because we're not careful. We don't think. You know, even Jesus in the New Testament, when he went into the temple with the money changers and the guys that was there and they were, they were sitting there with all the tables, the Bible says that Jesus got angry, but he didn't sin. Why didn't he sin? Because he didn't react. He didn't react to the situation, but he responded to the situation. Because he went away, he made a whip, and then he came back and beat everyone and kicked them out of the place. Because he said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves. And so many times, we, as, as people, before we, we, we do this react, react thing, 
your blood. Because we react so quickly. Instead of sitting back and saying, okay, how do I respond to what this person has said to me? Is it true? Is it really what's in my heart? Because you see, God wants to adjust us all the time. And what he does is most times he uses people to adjust us. And it's uncomfortable. God uses my wife on a daily basis to adjust me. And I love her for it. Because if Kim didn't adjust me, someone else would have to. And I would do stuff and Kim would be like, babe, no. It does take me a little bit of time to get things. It's taken me 15 years of marriage to know that in the morning I make half a cup of coffee for my wife because if I make a full cup, we mess. So it's taken 15 years to learn that. I'm a slow learner. I make the coffee. But then sometimes I still make weak coffee, which isn't good. So Anna said, my coffee's great. I don't know where Anna's went to. <laughs> so then there's hands. Our hand gates. Mark 16 verse 18. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hands. Philip, come stand here by me, please. I'm not going to get aggressive or anything. So give me your hand, please. No, not that one, the other one. <laughs> if we shake, if I shake Philip's hand, what am I doing? I'm opening a gate towards him because it's my hand. Whom of you guys have ever gone and you've had a fantastic day? And you go and you shake someone's hand and he's just had a fight with his wife. And literally 10 minutes later, you're having a fight with someone. Why? Because there was a gate that was open towards one another. That's why the Bible says, don't be hasty with laying on of hands. Because there's an impartation that happens. So what's in my life will overflow to Philip's life. And that's why we don't just get every Tom, Dick, and Harry... I hope there's no Tom, Dick, or Harry here, to just pray for us. We don't just get anyone that walks into the front door of the church here, hey guys, I'm going to pray for you, I'm just going to lay hands on you. I want to tell you this story. I know of a young guy, uh, many, many years ago, his name was Donnie. And uh, I was still in Secunda, I was doing Year of My Life, or Benoni, actually. I was in Benoni, of all places, with Patty and Roland. And we were there, and the one morning, we are busy praying for this young guy. And he was struggling with so many things in his life. And as we're praying for him, I'm praying, I'm like, Lord, I pray for him that you would set him free, that the things that he's struggling with would go away. And I literally saw a monkey jump off his shoulder, run onto the couch, out the window. And I was like, what is that? And after the prayer, I actually spoke to him. I said, Donnie, I saw this like a monkey jumping off your shoulder and jumping out the window. And he said to me, that is the funniest thing. He said, because 10 years before, they were at a revival meeting, and a guy came and prayed for him, and this guy used to see monkeys. And this guy prayed and laid his hands on him, and that thing transferred across to him. 
You know that in the Bible it actually speaks that Paul the apostle, guys actually came and they brought cloths and they actually took it and Paul and them laid their hands on it and it, it went and they laid it on people and they actually got healed. So transference actually happened. It's for real. The Bible says that we mustn't even wear clothes stained by, by unrepentant sinners. Because it transfers, it has an effect on us. Because we need to be so careful what we open ourselves up to. And where do we go? In Nahum 1 verse 15, regarding our feet, it says, Look there on the mountains, the feet of the one who brings the good news, who proclaims peace. I want to tell you this story. And these are things I've seen. I've seen it with my own eyes. My mom and dad used to lead a church in Warmbars many, many years ago. And they had this girl that came, and she wanted to be prayed for. She was a lesbian. And she came, and she walked in, and she asked my mom and them to start praying for her. And when they started praying for her, she started screaming, blue murder. And they asked her, what is going on? And she said, my feet are burning. My feet are burning. And as they prayed for her, eventually she got set free, and the the actual demon left her by her feet. It actually came out. And they anointed her feet. And right after that, that woman was set free. And she told my mom and them the story afterwards. And she said that years ago, she went with her one friend just for fun. They went to this gay nightclub. And when they got there, they told them to take off their shoes and to walk into the place in their socks, barefoot or barefoot. And they walked in, and as they went into the place, they were there for the night, partied. They walked out a week later, she was a lesbian. Because the spirit came in through her feet. When Satanists do rituals, they take their shoes off. Because they want the spirit to come in through their feet so that they can become stronger. Be careful where you walk. Be careful what you do, where you go. Because we can walk into places that Christians aren't called to be in. The other day, Kim and I decided we're going to go for a date night. So we, our kids were in Cape Town, so we went to Franz Hook. And there's a place that, that we've gone once or twice before, and, and it's called the Station, Station Pub. You guys know where that is? They do karaoke, and then sometimes they've got live bands. And that night, Kim and I actually walked into the door. We stood there. We turned around, and we walked out, and we said, no, we can't. this is not a place where we can be. No more. We turned around and we walked away because that was not the place that God wanted us to be. And Kim and I, we did karaoke all the way back in our car. All the grease songs that you could get off. You're the one that I want. <laughs> Eventually, we didn't have voices left, but we had a lot of fun. But it's because we chose to walk away from things. The Bible says to us that when you see sin, run. Not run or like Tyra Lee, run, run, she's not running, Tyra Lee, run, <laughs> that's what it means to run, the Bible says when any appearance of evil, run, run away from it, because when we don't run away from it, we allow it into our lives, guys, Now I want to speak about another one. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16, and this is 
says, do you know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. The Bible says to us that when a husband and a wife comes together, they become one flesh. And there is a there's a thing which we call soul ties that gets created when you sleep around. When you sleep with one partner to the next partner to the next partner. And people are like that. The world around us is promiscuous. These marriage is no longer a sacred thing. And what happens is you've got one guy. So let's say, let's use an example. Jill, come stand by me. Kim, come here, please. Philip, come here. Anna Law, come here. All in a row. <laughs> I know this is hectic what I'm dealing with tonight. But I believe that it's something we need to deal with because people don't know. Philip is an upstanding gentleman. But Philip has a relationship with Anna-Law. He's married with Anna-Law. So hold Anna-Law's hand, please. But while he's married to Anna-Law, he decides that Jill is quite interesting. So he's going to give it a shot. So Jill, go stand on the other side there for me, please. And I want you to hold his hand. And I want you to hold Anna-Law's hand as well behind his back. Now, but Philip still likes Kim too. So Kim also gets involved in the mix here. So what happens is Philip is quite a nice guy, but Kim suffers with depression. Jill has a problem with alcoholism, and Anna-Law wants to take her own life. So suddenly what happens is Jill wants to take her own life, Anna-Law starts becoming addicted to alcohol, and Kim is still depressed, and so is Philip. But he's struggling with all those things. Why is he struggling with that? Because he's opened the doors and he's allowed that soul tie thing to be connected. And that is the reality of what happens around us. Even what we watch, what we open our eyes to, we allow that to happen. Because that's why the Bible says that, that it's so important to stay pure before you get married. That's why the Bible says, do not defile the marriage bed, because it's supposed to be sacred. And then we have one thing which we get from our parents. It's the umbilical cord. In Genesis 17, 17, it says, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Many of us, when we get born, they say that we have 50% of our dad, 50% of our mom. And because it's through the umbilical cord. And I want to tell you guys something for me. Years ago when, when I was born, my mom and dad went through a really rough time. And they wanted to get divorced. And while I was in my mother's room, my mom said, I wish I never had this child. And I was born with a spirit of rejection that I was born with. And I'm not lying to you. I, if you could see a hyperactive child, who's the most hyperactive child here of the parents? Who can say all right, Levi is quite hyperactive. See me. I was the worst child that you could ever imagine. 
When I got into Woolworths, the people in Woolworths would go like, oh, Jesus, help us. Because I would run and rip everything off a hanger as I ran through the shop. That was the fun that I was doing. My parents literally tied me to a tree because I used to go and dig in the toilets. I used to run and I used to pull snails from the walls and go, my tablets. I was the child that no one wanted until one day. In church, when church started, I was under the chairs, over the chairs, up and down, over people, all over my dad, on the stage, back around, all over the place. I would scream like a, like a mad child. And then one day, my grandfather, minister, love God, took me and picked me up and said, Lord Jesus, I lift up this child as an offering before you, and I ask you that you would set him free. Right there and then, God set me free. And today, I'm in a different place because of what God did for me. I was set free. But the thing is, is we have things that we have in our lives that God wants us to deal with. But are we willing to deal with those things? Are we willing to close the doors? Are we willing to even honor our parents when they haven't been good parents to us? In Ephesians 6, it says, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Because God wants us to honor our parents. He wants us to come and he wants to close the gates in our lives. He wants us to repent of the things that we've allowed in. Because what we allow in defiles us. The Bible actually says what comes out of a man defiles him. It's not what he eats. If you eat with clean hands or dirty hands, it doesn't defile you. But it's what's inside. What have you allowed in? What have you allowed what have you made a part of yourself? Shanae, I want you to come play for me piano, please. And I know tonight it's kind of like deep stuff that I was talking about. This is just the tip of the iceberg of where we're going. And in the communities, the guys are going to be talking about this on, on Wednesday, except for the guys doing orientation. But these are things we need to get into. Because Jesus wants us to live free. And tonight, what gates have you opened in your life? What doors have you got open that you allow the enemy in every now and then to come and have a field day? Because you see, the Bible says there's a scripture where it says that when someone comes and you, you actually clean up the house and, and you cast the demon out, he goes into dry places and he comes back to see if, if the Holy Spirit has come and filled up that house. And if he hasn't found the Holy Spirit in that house, he goes and he calls seven of his friends and they come back and they come and live in that house. See, for us as Christians, we live this life where we think everything outside us is just, that's normal. I read an article the other day where they say that researchers, secular researchers, have found that we can only not see, we just, just, just can't see the spiritual realm, which is just as real as what we can see. But it's like there's a veil over us that we cannot see what is happening all around us. 
Because the Bible says to us in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of the air. And if the devil can have you, if he can get his hook into one area of your life, he wants to pull you in. He wants to take you because if he can take your life, he's got you. But tonight, Jesus wants to come and say, I've given you freedom. Galatians 5 verse 1. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free to no longer be slave to sin. But he wants us to live in freedom. So I'm going to open up the floor tonight. And if you've opened gates in your life, if you've got things in the past that you've opened that you've not closed properly, if you've never forgiven your parents for how they've brought you up and how people might have hurt you, the things that you've allowed your eyes to see, the things you've allowed to listen, the fact that you've opened your ears up to become someone else's rubbish bin. Your hands. Do you take or do we give? Where's our feet been? Where have we walked recently? Have we kept ourselves away from the things of the world? Not to say that we don't go into the world to bring people to the light of Jesus. Because we need to speak and share the testimony of Christ. So that those who do not know him can come into the knowledge of Jesus. The Bible says we go into the world, but we're not of this world. And tonight, if you're in that place, I want you to come. And I want you to come and repent in front of Jesus. For the things that you have opened in your life. Because that's where we start. The Bible says that he's able to forgive us our sins as far as the east is from the west. He will not remember them anymore. But repentance is where we start. And once we've repented for the things in our lives, we go into the next step of like, Lord, come and deal with my unforgiveness. Lord, come and deal with my brokenness. Lord, come and deal with my rejection and the things that I carry in my heart. The thoughts that I allow in my mind. Because sometimes we can look at people and we can actually think that and pray to ourselves and hope that they die because they've hurt us. Because our words carry that weight. And if you're in that place tonight, I want to open up the floor and it's not because I want to lay you out in front and say guys this is it I want to invite you to come to the front because it's a point of surrender that song that we were singing I surrender all do we really surrender to Jesus Tareen can you guys come and sing that song for me I surrender all and if you're in that place come and stand in the front and say Lord I want to repent before you Lord Lord, I want to live a life that is open and free in you because I surrender all. Here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all. 
surrendering all and find me here Lord as you draw me near desperate for you desperate for you surrender to you tonight, Lord. Father, we surrender our hearts, Lord. We repent before you, Lord, of every gate, of every door, every window, Lord, every single part of our lives that we have opened up. Lord, we, we have allowed the enemy any little inch of foothold. And so, Father, tonight, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, we come repentant, bowing our hearts, Lord, laying everything of who we are before you because we want to surrender, Lord. Lord, not just because we do it because we have to, but we, we surrender because we want to. And so, Lord Jesus, tonight I pray for each and every person that came to the front, Lord, that came and knelt down before you. Father, I pray, Lord, for an incredible release to come upon them. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and that you would bring freedom, Lord, like never, ever before. Lord, that every single soul tie, every single power of the enemy would be broken. And Father, that there would be a release in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that they would bear much fruit, Lord, because of you, because of what you've done tonight. Father, I pray for your spirit to come and move 
like never before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everyone else. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would come and that you would reveal, Lord, areas of our lives. Lord, areas where we've allowed maybe a hardness of heart. Lord, we've even allowed unforgiveness in us. And so, Father, we pray tonight, Lord, that you would come and that you would work in us, work through us, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come.
worshiping and praying you guys are more than welcome to have a cup of coffee um, we'd love you to spend a couple of minutes with us um, please don't rush off and uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and for the guys we'll see in com on Wednesday and everyone else if you're not in the com we'd love you to get into a community otherwise we'll see you guys next Sunday God bless <laughs>